For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk 1270, you're tuned to Talk of the Town. Good Monday morning. I'm Steve Bakken. This is Talk of the Town, and uh, Lori Hintz not here today. Uh, but I've got Dustin Goverlow, who's uh, been following with the North Dakota Watchdog Network uh, very closely what's going on with Summit Carbon Solutions' proposed CO2 pipeline. And actually, you've been uh, doing a little work down in South Dakota as well during their legislative cycle because this is such a hot topic. Um, a lot of discussion about what's taking place in South Dakota when it comes to Summit. And we'll talk about that as well. Uh, Dustin, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Um, I want to start with uh, Burley County. Of course, Public Service Commission made a, uh, came out with a ruling uh, saying that they were going to supersede any zoning ordinances by other municipalities, uh, you know, Burley, Emmons County, uh, some of the uh, other municipalities that may have come up with a zoning ordinance uh, that would have been restrictive to Summit Carbon Solutions' proposed CO2 pipeline. Um Burley County Commission meeting last week, uh, they came out with some news. Yeah, they did. They uh, decided that they are going to uh, go and ask the uh, Public Service Commission to reconsider that decision uh, based on the fact that the zoning and certificate should be two separate things. And uh, I guess also uh, if the company can ask for reconsideration, why shouldn't uh, the representatives of the people? So what does that mean? Because uh, from a, a legalese perspective, uh, their thought process for the Public Service Commission is you're combining those two requests. Um, the Julie Lawyer, uh, state's attorney for Burley Counties, in her opinion, doesn't think that those should be combined. It's kind of putting the cart before the horse in one regard that you got to go through the process. Is it, in your opinion, are, is the Public Service Commission skipping a step in the process? Yeah, it seems like they are, and they are citing certain uh, North Dakota Century Code language that is telling them that they have no choice. And I think that uh, they do have a choice. I think that Julie Lawyer is correct that uh, they have to divide these particular roles and decisions into separate uh, discussions. Now they could do it at the same time, but they, they do seem to be two separate things that uh, should not be combined unless it, the law specifically says they should be. So it's my understanding next step if uh, the Public Service Commission, because it's very important to note, and because I asked that question, that um, does the clock get reset? Because there's some timelines in there, because the, the county either had the choice of accepting the Public Service Commission's ruling, um, asking for a reconsideration of the Public Service Commission's ruling, or going to district court. And there were some timelines on that. Um, 
And if you ask for the reconsideration, that kind of resets the clock for going to the district court. Um, as I'm going to switch hats here for a minute as Burley County Commissioner, uh, my intent, and I believe that's the wishes of the rest of the commission, is that if the Public Service Commission doesn't reconsider in the county's favor and that local control aspect um, side of the equation, then it is going to go to district court. Um, that, I believe, was uh, slated for March 13th, the deadline for that, but um, that gets pushed back with the county going to the Public Service Commission. So uh, that clock for being able to go to the district court doesn't start until the Public Service Commission uh, rules on the reconsideration request. So a, a lot of balls in the air on the Burley County side of things and what that means for residents. But I want to come back and talk to you a little bit about the local control side of stuff because you're dealing with some of this down in South Dakota right now. And Next segment, I, I want to get into the South Dakota side of stuff specifically, but how important is the argument for local control? Because we just went through a legislative session where there were eight bills that would have strengthened private property rights and landowner rights, and they all got squashed at the 12th hour and didn't happen. And, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion a lot of it was because of Summit Carbon Solutions' proposed CO2 pipeline. Uh, they didn't want stronger. But we got the legislature that all the time says, hey, local control, local control, local control, except for when it's not convenient for who? I, Dustin, what's your take on all this? It's nothing new. And and this whole process is is completely being made up as they go. Uh, when, when you get into whether or not the PSC will rule on the most recent reconsideration request from Burley County, uh, I'm not entirely sure that they even have to consider it, let alone make a decision, uh, because they're inside somebody else's reconsideration. So is it kind of like when you make a motion, you have to vote on that motion before you can consider the next motion? Uh, we're, we're in territory where these uh, government entities have never been before because they have never ha had serious opposition to any project before. So they are in a position of having to make it up as they go, and and then uh, eventually there will be a uh, court case more than likely, and I would suspect and, and encourage the, the county officials to get that process started parallel to the PSC because if there's a deadline to take it to court, there's no reason to expect that the PSP is going to make a decision that is going to reset the clock. So I, I would think that expecting that to happen on the, the resetting of the clock is is wishful thinking at best. But getting back to the, the local control side of things, it, it, it definitely uh, brings into question what other things are really local control that are designated as such because as soon as the state decides that, that they want to take control, they, they will come in and take it. And you, so the locals have control until the state decides they, they want the control. So when we hear politicians and, and state agencies and government officials, elected officials in North Dakota talking about local control, um, when we're listening to them from the state level, it, so is it safe to assume that it's kind of an empty bag? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's all for show. 
because it, when it comes down to it, it is actually the state officials who want the control, and they will let locals control this, these issues, whether it's zoning or permitting, only up until the point where it becomes a problem for them. And now it is becoming a problem for the state. And uh, that, that is the discussion here in South Dakota as well. And South Dakota is trying to adopt North Dakota's language to give their Public Utilities Commission the ability to override counties just like North Dakota just did. We're going to come back to that. We're talking with Dustin Goverlow, North Dakota Watchdog Network. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk 1270, you're tuned to Talk of the Town. I'm Steve Bach along with Dustin Goverlow, North Dakota Watchdog Network. And Dustin, uh, you mentioned South Dakota, and you're actually down in South Dakota doing some work right now. Uh, working on uh, their legislative session. And you mentioned South Dakota is in the process right now of trying to adopt some of North Dakota's language. Explain that. What, what's the current language or state of local control? Because that's really what we're talking about and landowner rights in South Dakota compared to North Dakota. So in South Dakota, the existing language is very conducive to local control. It, the, the Public Utility Commission, in fact, when they rejected both the Navigator and the Summit pipeline, they cited specifically the fact that state law does not give them discretion to override local counties' ability to zone and create uh, setbacks for pipelines in general. And so Senate Bill 2 one is designed to override existing law and essentially put North Dakota's language into South Dakota statute in order to allow for their public utility commission to override the counties. Last week, uh, uh, House Bill 1219 was kind of a test bill, and that was to explicitly prohibit CO2 pipelines from using uh, eminent domain at all and that failed by only four votes in the House. It was a 32 to 36 vote. So that kind of gives us an idea of how m many House members are willing to uh, protect their citizens from the, uh, the use of eminent domain on these projects. So it, in, in a ideal world, that Senate Bill 201, even if it passes, they could bring in a provision and an amendment that would say, yes, the PUC can override this, but not in the case of a CO2 pipeline. And that might have a chance in the House, which would just be enough to force a conference committee between the two chambers. Okay, so you're working down there behind the scenes, and this is the, the part that I have got questions about. Behind the scenes, what's taking place to try to give the Public Utilities Commission, because in North Dakota we have the Public Service Commission, South Dakota they have the Public Utilities Commission. Um, what's working behind the scenes politically to try to get them the leverage so that they can um, supersede the local control and the local zoning ordinances? Because um, I'm guessing 
that's got to be a heavy lift. That's got to be a big push, changing something that dramatic in a state like South Dakota, like North Dakota should be. It's about property rights and about property ownership. When you're looking at an agrarian state, primarily agrarian state, it, it comes back to the landowners. That's really where it should lie. So what's the mechanism behind the scenes that's taking place to try to get the PUC in South Dakota, the ability to supersede landowner rights and local control and local ordinances? So the big industries have come out in favor of the change. Uh, the ethanol industry is is the primary driver of all of this, wanting to make sure that this pipeline project happens. So they've come out in support of giving the PUC the ability to override counties and, and force landowners to take these uh, pipelines onto their land. Uh, this has caused a huge rift between uh, the, the ethanol industry and the corn farmers that provide corn to the ethanol industry. You know, the irony uh, there is the, the, the fact that the landowners are the corn farmers and are the farmers that are fighting it, but the industry that they're supporting with their product is the one fighting against that. Wait a minute, that sounds a little familiar in North Dakota where we've got taxpayers spending taxpayer dollars uh, or spending their own dollars versus their own taxpayer dollars being forced to work against them through the Industrial Commission's $300,000 grant to promote the... Wait wait a minute, I've kind of heard this before. We'll talk about that a little bit, though. But interesting dichotomy between the farmers and the corn growers and the ethanol industry in South Dakota. Yeah, it is. And and even more interesting is in North Dakota, the Farm Bureau is doing work to stand up for the farmers' uh, property rights, and the farmers' union is silent. In South Dakota, it's the reverse. The Farmers Union is standing up for farmers' property rights, and the South Dakota Farmers Farm Bureau is silent to supporting the pipeline. So these, these organizations, state by state, are not on the same page. They're not, it all depends on who is uh, the, the power force behind them. And then you've got the same dichotomy between each state where you've got a lot of right-wing conservative landowners who are, are against the project and and in an awkward coalition with some left-wing uh, traditional environmentalist forces, and they're, they're all forced to work together against the industries that they actually are part of, you know, and they're suppliers of it. And it, it really is getting into, you know, a lot of this reminds me of the old NPL days in North Dakota where you had the the railroads and the banks and, and the, the mills and elevators that were controlled by out-of-state interests from Minnesota imposing their will on the state and pushing the farmers around. And that caused the North Dakota farmers to, to promote the NPL and, and develop their own industry in North Dakota, and well, much of it being state-owned. And in South Dakota, we're seeing a lot of the same dynamics where the producers and the industries that they produce for are on two sides of the same issue. You know, they say politics makes strange bedfellows, but really not when you follow the money. <laughs> that makes the strangest bedfellows mm-hmm. of all. All right, I, I do have one more question on South Dakota before we move off topic, because uh, and the reason it's important is because her the, the Q45 credits were ushered in by President Trump. 
uh, doubled mm-hmm. down on by the Biden administration. Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, who has been incredibly silent when it comes to CO2 sequestration and Summit's pipeline and these different CO2 pipeline projects, uh, her name's been bandied about as a potential vice presidential camp, uh, candidate under Trump. Um, where is she at in... Have you heard, has she showed up at the legislature? Has she had any input on the CO2 pipelines? So publicly, she's been very silent. Privately, I've been told that there have been a lot of efforts in the background to uh, push in favor of this local power grab. And so she's working the strings behind the scenes uh, to take the power away from the counties, and, and they're trying to come up with basically a bribe for the counties where they would get a couple bucks per per foot of pipeline that is in their county. But on the scheme of things, it's such a small piece of what these companies would be getting from the federal government that it, if the counties fall for it, then they're just being greedy and, uh, and not looking out for the, the interests of their people. Uh, so the governor has, uh, as far as we can tell, been playing both sides. Always follow the money. That's kind of the rule. We're talking with Dustin Goverlow. He is North Dakota Watchdog Network. And when we come back more, this is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This Mark Mandan, Super Talk 1270. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Doc 1270, I'm Steve Bakken, along with Dustin Goverlow from the North Dakota Watchdog Network, and we're talking about Summit Carbon Solutions' proposed CO2 pipeline. Uh, one of the things that's taken an interesting turn, because the timing was horrendous, I feel, and very well orchestrated, um, some lip service for Summit Carbon Solutions and their proposed pipeline, uh, bought and paid for by Summit uh, for the promotion of Summit's project, uh, a little group called Friends of Ag and Energy, and uh, who's involved with that kind of says it all, and people want to go back and look that up, go ahead. Uh, but there's an interesting twist on this, because uh, taxpayer dollars are getting funneled into that organization. So basically, through that $300,000 grant, and we've talked about this in the past, uh, $300,000 grant from the Industrial Commission, which is going out to... Who and I'll let you explain where that money's funneling. But basically, they're using taxpayer dollars against the taxpayers that pay into that fund, which are private property owners who are fighting with their own private money a project that they don't want stealing their property. Did, did I get that fairly close? Yeah, this is a classic case of what we call taxpayer-funded lobbying, where a level of government uses public money to lobby against the interests of the taxpayers. And uh, normally it's in the case of, say, cities dumping 
uh, local tax dollars into the League of Cities fund and the League of Cities lobbies against or for more funding uh, for for cities or against more uh, controls over city spending or taxation. And in this case, it's directly on an issue that is currently being uh, considered and uh, by a regulatory arm of the state government. So, so one state entity is regulating and approving the project. Another state entity is funding and promoting the project. And it's all an incestuous uh, convergence of crony capitalism and and what I would call proto-fascism, because you've got government in bed with industry more and more heavily. And we've seen this over the last few years, especially under the Bergman administration, that uh, there, there's a lot of interest by the, the current regime to use public money to promote not only business in general, but specific businesses and specific companies more so than ever before. It's always been a problem, but it's now becoming overt and out in everybody's face. Well, it, 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 the gloves are kind of off. It, it, it's to the point where they don't care. Um, and, and I go back and, and, yeah, I pick on Governor Doug Burgum a lot for a lot of different things. It, it, most, first and foremost, the growth of government. And that joke I make all the time, which isn't a joke anymore, because take a look at the number of people that are working for the state. Uh, <laughs> North Dakota is going to have the lowest unemployment in the country because we're all going to work for the state. That's coming yeah. to fruition. Yeah, yeah. The, the control that is involved in the state. I mean, th- there's a belief that nothing can happen in the state if, if the state government is not involved in promoting it. And in fact, I would argue that uh, in the long term, the state's involvement in this process is, is going to make the situation worse because there will be businesses that look at North Dakota and say, well, if I can't get uh, in the good graces of the governor and the Commerce Department, then I can't do business there. Uh, just looking at this this grant to promote the pipeline and promote the carbon agenda, the two applicants are AE2S's communication arm, which is an engineering firm that uh, uh, was making millions upon millions of dollars from the Western Area Water Supply, which was a, another massive boondoggle. And then you get the public affairs company out of Minneapolis, and they've been involved in a lot of things. I've, I've done work with them. I've taken checks from them before, too. Um, and yet it's obvious that the Minneapolis company has no chance at the the, the contract and the grant because the fix is in the all of the powers that be wrote letters supporting the AE2S bid. So uh, you know that's a that's a small example that even when it is the government throwing money out, uh, there's no interest in bringing new players to the table from from anywhere else. So uh, the the control aspect of how state money goes to pick winners and losers and is, is making it so that anybody who looks at this from the outside says, well, there's no point in doing business in North Dakota because it's all rigged. Well, unless you're uh, a company that's doing new logos for the state, because apparently we don't have anybody that can do that <laughs> yeah. in North Dakota and overpay for somebody out of state to do that. But uh, I digress. Um, how do we fix this? So uh, the biggest problem for me is you've got taxpayers that are they're they're getting double dipped 
because they're paying their taxes in and then having to take their private money and fight against what their taxes are fighting them on. And then you've got the other level of that with the local control. You've got... uh, Is there a bigger picture here, Dustin, where it's about... And I'm going to go back to that federal plan, which is a globalist plan of that 30-30 land grab. And there's a 50-50 land grab where the government... And the powers to be don't want local land ownership, don't want private land ownership because it's a nuisance. Is there a bigger picture that that plays into? There is. And and I would say that the, the solution to all this is somebody with deep pockets needs to help us uh, basically sue the state to enforce Article 10, Section 18, which is the North Dakota Gift Clause, which states, quote, neither the state nor any political subdivision thereof shall otherwise loan or give its credit or make donations to or in aid of any individual association or corporation except for the reasonable support of the poor, nor subscribe to or become the owner of capital stock in any association or corporation, unquote. So we have a constitutional provision that explicitly prohibits this sort of thing from happening. But because nobody follows the Constitution anymore, uh, it does not get enforced. And until this is brought to court on all of these things, whether it is uh, this grant to promote uh, the carbon agenda and the carbon pipeline, whether it is things like basically everything Commerce Department does uh, or or anything else that, that picks winners or losers, there is going to be a problem. And and we have a constitutional provision on the books that explicitly says that the state shall not give money to or in support of corporate interests. But they do it all the time. And so until somebody is willing to fund the effort to actually enforce the Constitution, it's going to keep happening. Well, we also have an ethics commission, but what does that do? So <laughs> a lot to follow. Dustin, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, if people want to follow the Watchdog Network or uh, some great stuff that you put together on your Substack, how do they find you? They can go to watchingnd.com and uh, read, the, read our material and sign up. Uh, we have a free and a paid version. Dustin Goverlow, thank you very much, my friend. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bakken, and joining us on the program, Dr. Rick Becker, a state legislator in North Dakota and now a candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives. And Rick, thanks for coming back on the program. Yeah, you bet, Steve. Happy to be on. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, as a candidate, uh, you're the first candidate I've heard of either party uh, uh, to speak out against CO2 and CO2 carbon sequestration and the, you know, I'll call it what it is. It's a scam. So um, you've actually come out and spoke out against carbon sequestration and what it actually means. So as a candidate, how's that being received? Well, I, I'm not quite sure, Steve. I, I, I expect it's going to be kind of a divided response. As usual, I, I, uh, I come out with, you know, bold things that, that 
tend to uh, be polarizing in, in, in the sense that some people feel really strongly one way and others feel strongly the other way. But I'm not, to be clear, my position is not, is not new and it's not for the benefit of my campaign. I know you're not saying that, but I want to be clear to your audience. This is something I have been outspoken and adamantly against for a long time. I came out when I was still a legislator in October of 2022 uh, with a a press release and a drafted bill to prevent the use of eminent domain for CO2 pipeline. So uh, what I've done, I guess now recently is just now that I am a candidate and I have now again um, um, made my position very clear. Uh, th- th- now there's, it's in the arena of a candidacy and politics and all of that. So, but I'm happy to continue to push uh, my message that this is, as you said, it's all a scam and it's taxpayer funded and it is for the enrichment of individuals and private industry. And it's wrong on so many levels. So, Dr. Becker, um, probably not. Uh, <laughs> we're going to leave the, the Republican and Democrat out of this because uh, you're a conservative. Um, and how your campaign is, is running, we'll, we'll get into that at a, a different juncture in time. But when you go to Washington, D.C., if you were elected, um, it's pretty divided as far as the camp on um, where people lie on carbon sequestration because on the left you've got the climate change agenda on the right you've got some industry that's figured out how to monetize that with taxpayer dollars um it's kind of an uphill battle when it comes to sequestration it, it it makes for interesting bedfellows because you've got environmentalists that are against it or for it for different reasons you've got conservatives or republicans that are for it or against it for different reasons um it, it's really it's kind of boiled down into a weird minutiae yeah well you know what i i think the way I like to present it is to is to take a step back and, and look at it more from a 10,000 and 30,000 foot view, because at this point in time, we have like, you know, the, these these bold statements. Uh, if you're against the CO2 pipeline, you're against agriculture and you're against energy. And um, what I want to do is look at that again from a step back, because when you take that approach, you have already embraced the Al Gore, uh, Barack Obama, Joe Biden narrative that climate change is man-made and we can correct it by getting rid of CO2 and becoming net neutral. Uh, so you've already bought into that. You've thrown the, the towel in, you've waved the white flag. And my concern is that's where we need to fight. We can't throw in the towel. We have to fight that narrative. It's a ridiculous narrative, um, but what we have now, unfortunately, are is a fight downstream from that. And instead of fighting Biden, what we have are now people that are pro CO2 pipeline fighting fellow North Dakotans, North Dakota landowners, farmers, ranchers. They're fighting them because you must fight them to get the CO2 pipeline in because the CO2 pipeline will not come in without the use of eminent domain. Eminent domain, again, being the taking of your property rights by the force of government for the use of another. And uh, this, this 
CO2 pipeline, eminent domain should never be used. Number one, as you said, it's a scam. Number two, what we are doing is not moving something that is a public good, like oil, uh, a public necessity like highways or transmission lines. We are moving a waste product of certain private businesses, ethanol plants, and we're transporting it and paying people to transport it and then paying people to dump it underground with taxpayer dollars. So it boggles my mind that those that have thrown in the towel and are not willing to take on the environmental extremists, the environmental alarmists, the, the Al Gore types, they don't want to fight them. They're going to embrace their, their false narrative, and they're going to fight fellow North Dakotans. That's, it, it blows my mind. Okay, a lot to unpack, and I, I want to touch on a lot of different bases. With you. I want to come back to North Dakota a little bit and talk about the what happened in the last legislative session. There were eight-some bills that uh, uh, would have bolstered private property rights, because for me, this comes back to a lot about public safety, uh, a lot about private property rights, um, common carrier status. We'll get into that uh, if it's functions as a utility or for the common good rather than a, a for-profit private venture to make money. Uh, we'll talk about the tax dollars coming back to that, but I want to start with this last legislative session. And and I'll point fingers. It came right out of the governor's office uh, who's backing Tammy Miller, the lieutenant governor, which is an extension of the soon-to-be former governor's policies, who is the biggest cheerleader for carbon sequestration, which whole lot of things we can get into there. But uh, there were eight some bills that looked like they had pretty good support because that's kind of what North Dakota is founded on is private property rights and and comes back to the landowners and farmers and ranchers being the stewards of the land. And there was an affront to some of those bills or all of those bills to not bolster, not strengthen the position of private property ownership in North Dakota. Do you have any insight on how that played out during this last legislative session to kill those bills? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of those bills was mine. Um, when I say mine, I didn't introduce it. I wrote it, though. Um, and there were good bills, very good bills that protected private property rights, uh, that put the, the, the all of the CO2 uh, pipeline, the sequestration stuff, into the, the proper perspective. Uh, what you had is a, a full-out, full-court press by the lobbyists, by the uh, energy uh, industry lobbyists, to kill those bills. And uh, some of them, it looked like they may pass, and then the, the chair of the Energy Committee, Natural Resource Committee, took a break, and there were talks with the lobbyists, and magically then they reconvened, the committee reconvened, and killed the bill. So there was there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of convincing the people on the committee, which by and large, uh, generally, uh, are are good conservatives. But they, I, I guess, they were convinced that this was the right thing to do. That it was necessary for energy. But what they were fed is, is a whole whole string of of lies because it's experimental technology. Uh, it's acknowledged already. 
and they keep going to enhanced oil recovery, that we need this for enhanced oil recovery, and yet if it's ever used for enhanced oil recovery, the CO2 from the pipeline, it won't be for 12 to 14 years, and that's only if all of the 45Q federal taxpayer-subsidized programs stay in place. So this is a complete house of cards. And I'll tell you another thing, Steve. Julie Fedorchek, who's running for the House, is one of my opponents. She is a public service commissioner. She has a signed contract, which she acknowledges, uh, with Summit Carbon Solutions, because they're going to dump CO2 underground on her property, and she's going to get paid very, very well. So she recused herself as a public service commissioner from the siting meetings for the pipeline. But yet, she came to committee in the Senate when these bills were being discussed, and she testified against a very important bill that would have protected landowner rights to get the bill killed, to ensure that the pipeline would go through, which ensures she will be paid handsomely. If that's not unethical, I don't know what is. We're talking with Dr. Rick Becker, candidate for the U.S. Congress. And when we come back more with Dr. Becker, this is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Glenn Beck. Do you know what is happening in Israel? They're giving out 10,000 assault rifles. The government has purchased them and they're giving them out to civilian security teams. Why? Because they know a well-armed people have a chance. Even if the whole world stands against them, at least if the Israelis and they will fight to the last man because they have no place else to go. The Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Weekdays from 11 till 2 on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck. A Town Square media station broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studios. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Without apology, the regular Joe show with Joe Giganti. Weekday evenings at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Doc 1270, we're talking with Dr. Rick Becker and uh, candidate for the U.S. House, uh, running as an independent for now, but we'll see what happens. Uh, there's some different things in play. Uh, but I want to come back to the subsidy side of things. We're talking about the CO2 sequestration and uh, loosely Summit Carbon Solutions proposed CO2 pipeline, but the subsidies. And, you know, you and I have had many conversations in the past, Rick, about subsidies. And I 
From an energy innovation perspective, I, I have no problem with, okay, give a little incentive to try to get something off the ground. And, and you and I differ a little bit on this because you're not a fan of them. Um, and five years, it, it, my, my timeline is five years. If that uh, exceeds that, you know, that's when the subsidy should be pulled off because if private industry cannot make it financially viable, why do you continue to subsidize it? it? It needs to stand on its own two feet, whether we're talking about oil or gas or wind or solar or ethanol. And by the way, a mandate, which there's mandates to use ethanol, uh, that's a subsidy. Mandates are subsidies, plain and simple. Uh, ethanol is the 800-pound gorilla in the room uh, because everybody's gotten really fat off it. A lot of farmers have gotten really fat off of ethanol, uh, heavily subsidized. This is another subsidy for ethanol. The subsidies went away, but, you know, the mandates didn't, so it's still subsidized. So now let's talk about, well, this sequestration stuff that, that we can make money off of that, another subsidy. So, um, when we're talking about the subsidies, um, explain to the listeners where you are on, okay, some seed money for innovation is one thing, but an ongoing subsidy, that's an entirely different topic. Right. Well, I'm even more hardcore. Um, and one exception would be... I wouldn't perhaps, say hardcore. I would say conservative. In limited cases... Not hardcore, conservative. I, I, I'll just, you're, a, I'm conservative. You're a little more conservative than I am. Is that a fair statement? Well, it, it may be. I don't know, <laughs> but it may be I'm more of a purist because what, what I'm looking at is if something is a good idea and is likely to be profitable, you don't need taxpayer dollars for it. You'll find investors. And if it's not a good idea, not likely to be profitable, then you shouldn't be spending taxpayer dollars on it. So rarely, if ever, is it a good idea to, to, even if it's seed money. And again, maybe there's some very limited exceptions on a very strict uh, loan, which must be repaid, I'll say. But, yeah, this whole theme is, is a layer of subsidy on a layer of subsidy. We've got the 45Q. You go back before that, and it's the whole ethanol you know, concept, which was uh, largely put in place by Senator Hoven. Um, and, and, and these are billions and billions of dollars with the 45Q. That's federal. Even in our state, there's all sorts of subsidy. You have oil money. The oil tax money that's coming in, a part of it is mandated to go to these various council, research councils, this and that, right? So that's basically an arm of energy lobbying. So tax money is going to these quasi-private councils, and what they do is manipulate the public. Then you have additional money. That's going, I forget all the agencies, but it's going through an agency to be then doled out through the uh, various uh, research councils to go to um, advertising agencies to manipulate North Dakotans into thinking a certain way. And recently there's, and, and this is just really on the forefront, it's, this isn't speculation, this is fact, $300,000, right, in the news recently. That's going to be used to convince North Dakotans that CO2, uh, burying CO2 underground is a great idea. That's our tax money that's going to manipulate us. Okay, I want to talk about that a little bit because I was going to bring that up as my next topic. So we've got the Industrial Commission that doles out $300,000 or $300, to promote an agenda that's being fought by taxpayers 
with their own private funds, but now you're using their own tax dollars against them, whether you're for or against it, it doesn't matter, but you're using your own tax dollars. And the way this is working, it's getting funneled through, um, I believe it's AE2S got the contract for the $300,000, which I've got a sneaking suspicion that money's going to get funneled into that Friends of Ag and Energy, which is just a front for Summit Carbon Solutions and heavily subsidized by them to get through this pipeline. So uh, you've got tax dollars working against taxpayers for a private agenda to make money in the private sector. You can't make this stuff up, Rick. And unspooling all this from a taxpayer's perspective, I'm pissed off as a taxpayer. What are you doing with my money? And I don't have any skin in the game financially as a landowner that is putting out money to try to protect their private property rights. But how do you not feel for those people? Which brings us back to the question of, our elected officials are representing who? Yeah. Well, it's it's just what what pisses me off <clears throat> is the audacity, really, of government uh, hand in hand with private industry. So in our face, they're not even trying to to be. Uh, 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 they're, they're just they're just coming right out and doing it. They're not trying to be secretive. They're not trying to be nuanced. They are in our face using our money to lobby us against something that's, or for something that's against our own interest. They know that to control our perception, they need to control media. They are actually taking out various media people and replacing them with people that will toe the line. They are actually implementing the, the talking heads, the puppets that, through which they speak. It's, it's right in our face. You know who has government-controlled media? China, Russia, <laughs> North Dakota now. Yep. I, I, again, yep. y- you can't make some of this up. Um, but going back to the media side, and I'm just going to diverge a little bit here for a second. Take a look what the Commerce Department has done and Game and Fish and some of the other government entities that have gotten into uh there's space of podcasting and they're creating the narrative. So news is supposed to be about reporting the events that are, that are going on and be objective. Um, great example is take a look at the city of Fargo. They already, they developed their own, I think it's a 13 person staff, their own news department, the city of a municipality, a government entity, it does develop their own news department so that they can create news that that that's not news yep. that that's that's is, that's building an agenda to fit a narrative so that you can do what you want that's kind of hidden from the taxpayers the voters the residents the people that elect elected officials yep. okay coming there's, there's, coming there's back two things one that tells me that the government has too much money and number two this is a government these are people that make up the government that are not for the people, they're on the people. They do not respect the people. Well, and for me, a lot of this comes back to look at the initiatives and the agenda that Governor Burgum put in place. That's a globalist agenda. There's a globalist initiative there. And it sickens my stomach as a North Dakotan, a lifelong North Dakota resident, that 
this is what I'm having to deal with? It, don't yeah. it, we're not accountable to the voters and there's some complicitness on the voters, but you know, and I don't want to get into that, but wake up people just, just wake up and uh, more with Dr. Rick Becker. He's running for the U S house uh, seat soon to be vacated by representative Kelly Armstrong, who is running for governor. And uh, we'll talk more with Dr. Becker. When we come back, this is talk of the town on super talk, 1270 super talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk 1270, you're tuned to Talk of the Town. I'm Steve Bach, along with Brad Ock, uh, General Manager at Runnings in South Bismarck, 701 South Washington. All kinds of cool stuff at Runnings. We're going to talk about some of that new flyer coming out. And, uh, okay, we're going to start right uh, right where my heart lies, food. And uh, not jerky today, Brad. Uh, uh, I got some... Uh, uh, some licorice and oh my gosh uh, if you've never had the wallaby licorice before now I'm usually a traditionalist and not a big fan of cherry I like the strawberry and and that's it um, not the black licorice chocolate licorice but wallaby's taken flavors to a new level Brad how many are there so, you know, I was able to see this vendor when I was down in Phoenix, actually, and they were coming out. They launched Lemonade, oh. and that's what they were sampling down in Phoenix that weekend. And that, like, so we were really excited to get We just got off the cinnamon thing. Everyone loved the cinnamon wallabies. This Lemonade is so good, and it, it mm. sells out really fast. It's a fun flavor. I, I think we have, like, nine of them at the store or eight different flavors at the store. Hmm. Guess where I'm coming at eleven o'clock. <laughs> oh, you know, flavors! I, I, I thought it's you meant bags. I, so, I, I thought you meant bags you know, of the lemonade because my gosh, this is good. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where car rides, fishing, uh, company comes over, watching a movie. Like there is, you can use licorice anyway. I know I'm supposed to do like beef jerky Mondays, right? But when this when this stuff hit the sale, like oh, this is a good this is good stuff. Like I got to bring this one over to you. Well, given the temperatures we're having right now, uh, lemonade summer, it perfect. I'm I'm in. Yeah, you know we're just trying to to hit off some spring spring shopping feelings here. Yeah, expanding my horizons too. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can. Mm, I try. Mm, that's good uh, stuff. You know, it is nice. Like, these nicer weathers, uh, my weathers, this nice weather, you know, the company last week, they're like, you know what? They're, I think they're giving up on winter. You know, for us in North Dakota, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of time left. You know, a lot can happen in the next month and a half here. But uh, they just threw snowblowers on 20% off last week. Oh, we talked about that, uh, if they were going to go on sale or not. Yeah, well, so we we didn't know if they were going to go on sale, and then all of a sudden they decide, you know what? 
let's drop 20% off. And then out of the blue, they they put Husqvarna riding lawnmowers on a spring whatever kind of event, you know, $200 off Husqvarna riders, 20% off. Snowboards, like all of a sudden, like, you know what? We're giving up on winter. Let's launch spring. But yeah, but think about that, though. So you get 20% off of those snowblowers just in time for March, April, and May because I've seen some pretty darn big snowstorms get dumped in March, April, and May. So it doesn't seem like it's February right now, but we know there's still a lot of time left. We could get that big dump of snow. Now you got the snowblower on oh, sale yeah. just ahead of winter <laughs> or what could be winter. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, it hasn't quite hit yet. So yeah. get prepared for the last couple months of winter here. Well, and and if it doesn't hit, if if we slide by and it doesn't hit, then you can get the mower and you're all set for mowing your lawn. Yeah, and you just save 20% on a snowblower. Yeah, such a deal. Yeah, you got it covered on both yeah. ends, Brad. Um, you know, it, <laughs> we were talking about that too because you were like, "Well, I don't think they're going to do a, a snowblower sale." Because, uh, and, and you were trying to figure out the logistics of where do we store these? Because you guys, you know, after last winter, wound up getting in a bunch of snowblower because supply chains had eased up. You had great deal. Um, great deals with the vendors and relationships with the vendors. So they were able to get you extra product and then we didn't need it yet. Knock on wood. Right. And you were like, so, yeah, where, where know, am I going to put all these? We were panicking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Talking about it's like so, extra yeah, racking you know, and storage. Um, and people are excited about it. People thought, I'm like, you know what? This is my time. I'm going to get one. Well, and okay. So, I'm one of those people that I really don't buy things unless they're on sale. I, I'm a sales guy. I, in fact, I probably buy some things I shouldn't buy because they're on sale. My wife yells at me for that all the time. Um, snowblowers are something that never go on sale because you, you hold them over until the next year. The, they get put in storage. Mm-hmm. So now 20% off, and usually at the end of a season, I'll buy something for the next season because that's when something goes on sale. Snowblowers never go on sale. It's just, it, it's, it's not a sale item. It, here's this piece of equipment, you need it. That's the cost. That's what it is. Rarely go on sale. Now you've got it on sale. Huh? You think Wendy's going to get mad if I can get a new snowblower? Absolutely not. Okay. Because what I if just... you have to leave and she has to show Oh, yeah. Well, that so was kind of the... You get the one with the electric start. Yes, of course. Well, and, and I've got a nice snowblower now, but I need to upgrade because after last winter it wasn't quite big enough. And I was snow blowing four times a day just to try to keep up. Uh, so if Wendy were ha- to have to snow blow, I guess that it does make a lot of sense. That was the rationale behind getting our Dakota snow blade because it was easier for her to use if I wasn't there and she mm-hmm. had to shovel a little bit. So, you know, so yeah. I do not have a Dakota blade. You what? But my neighbor does to the north and the neighbor across the street has one. And those, we carry the replacement blades for those two because your blade's going to go before anything breaks with the handle or anything else. Well, and, and that's what sold so, me on it because I was sitting there waffling between, okay, do I get that one or you have another brand that's there as well. And it was, wait a minute, replacement blades? Because you see them all over the place and the blade is worn mm-hmm. down to a nub. I'm like, well... What good's that do? Um, and I'm like, wait a minute. This will never wear out. I just slap a new blade on it. So I'm yeah. going with that one. But 
the reason yeah, we I use so- the Dakota blade at the store yeah. even because we can replace it after it's used. Because at the store, you know, at home you wait until it's done snowing or two, three inches, and you might some people might go out and clear. You know, at the store we're clearing as soon as you start to see it accumulate in front of the store. We're out there pushing it. So th- those blades that we use at the store wear down fast. So that was the rationale with with me being able to get one of those. That's how I sold it to Wendy. It was like, yeah, you know, um, if I'm not here, you can show. This is easy for you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> I might have to try that same yeah. uh, logic with uh, a larger snowblower. I might need yep, your help then on you this can one. Keep the owner's manual, the snowblower, in your document safe. Oh yeah. There we go. So if she has she has any questions, she can just refer to that. I might need your help on this one. It it, it might be a little bit bigger than a lift than I can manage, Brad. But I, I know she <laughs> likes you, so <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Sounds like a great spring present, Easter Thanks. present. Thanks. So getting back to the flyer, uh, real quickly, um, we're kind of in that season anyway from a retail perspective where winter things start to transition into spring things and into summer things. Um, you know, where are you at right now as far as a lot of those winter items? Now's a good time to buy, isn't it? It is. So, you know, and the, and the thing that shoppers have in their advantage right now is it was such a warm winter. And a lot of us are carrying product over. And our spring product is all landing because vendors and suppliers are shipping on time. And we're not having that issue with on hands and, and deliveries right now and fulfillment rates. So we we have pallets and pallets of lawn and garden furniture and back. We probably have, if I had to guess, 40 to 50 pallets of fertilizers, bug spray, weed killers, um, all that spring transition stuff has hit, and it is piled high in our warehouse right now. So we are in the process of trying to get rid of some of this winter stuff with the understanding that we will definitely still need ice melt here in the next <laughs> month and a half at least. So we can't completely get rid of it, but we got to get our spring product out. You know, one And of the, one that of the transition cool th- has started, so... One of the cool things, too, is, you know, like I said, I, I like sales and I'll buy things for the next season uh, when they go on sale. And usually if you're doing that, the selection is pretty picked over with as mild as a winter we had, whether it's clothing or equipment. It's not a lot of picked over selection. You've got a lot of selection of everything because. People just didn't need a lot of the winter items. So uh, we're talking with Brad Ock, general manager of Runnings. You can stop by Runnings 701 South Washington in Bismarck. That's the coolest Runnings, by the way. You can stop at any of the Runnings, but that's the coolest one. And uh, two ninety nine for that big bag of Wallaby licorice, this lemonade to die for. Uh, this is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. To talk of the town on Super Talk 1270. 
Super Talk 1270, you're tuned to Talk of the Town. I'm Steve Bach, along with Brent Runnings. Uh, you can stop by running 701 South Bismarck. That's the cool store, but uh, Mandan's okay, too. And uh, Just avoid Dickinson. No, I'm kidding. That's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, I got Dickinson's all right as well. <laughs> Dickinson's fine, uh-huh. too. Uh, but Runnings, a lot yeah. of stores around the area. If you're down in Mobridge, Hedinger, Carrington, uh, Dickinson, Mandan... There's a runnings everywhere, and they've got everything you need. Uh, one of the things you need, you know, let's go back to the roots a little bit because you get a lot of this in this week's flyer. Um, animals. You you do a lot of animal. I mean, that's kind of the foundations of runnings. And um, one area you guys have really done a lot of work in expanding your product line, uh, a lot of horse people out there. And uh, that tends to be a, a, little, a little bit more of a niche area than uh, just the farming or ranching supplies, horse supplies, uh, a growing part of your store. And part of the reason I noticed this is because on the grooming side, there's a lot of overlap between what I do with my dogs and horses when it comes to the grooming, you know, the clippers and all that stuff. I use a lot of horse equipment on my dogs. So you guys have really gone out of your way to meet the needs of the horse community around the Bismarck Mandan area and around the state of North Dakota and South Dakota. Yeah, you know, so this, this was this is a very new category for me. You know, coming over from primarily clothing and housewares retail to to, to farm outdoor and housewares, you know, on the running side, um, being involved in the equine side of the business. Uh, was a must because over the past, I would say two to three years, we've seen a we've seen a fairly significant increase in in the need in the need for equine products and and the need for specialty feeds. And I want to show this horse to senior horse and horses that have this issue and they need this. And, and in fact, so much that last year. We had to do a store shift, and we added another 56 feet of aisle space to handle equine. And, you know, there, there are still, this was last year, but there's still some growing pains in that. We're, we're doing really good in the horse pack and the bits and adding some treats. We added saddles. So we, we've done special order saddles for both barrel racers and we've also done some different ranch saddles. We have six or seven on hand, but we can do special orders too. So if, you know, a lot of, we have 14 inch to 15 inch in, in store. We just did a special order for a 13 and a half and a 13. Uh, and so, you know, people who are, who need different barrel sizes, I believe it's a barrel size. See, that's how inexperienced I am. I'm very interested, but uh, trying to talk to these people and what they need. And we have a rep who we call at Circle Y down in texas and he i call his cell phone he picks up like hey i'm working on a saddle with someone man i i just need someone who knows what they're talking about (laughs) to make sure this customer gets exactly what they need but it's pretty easy process just let me talk to him (laughs) pretty easy process though it's like okay you come in you tell brad what you need and brad goes okay calls the guy and the guy goes put them on the phone yep gotcha done <laughs> Pretty simple process. You Cut know, out the middleman. I like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the poor guy. You know, they're like, he's like, well, what, like border tools and feet sizes, and you know. And I was like, yeah, uh huh. And then, and then, oh, oh, it's a one piece, a one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm just gonna turn you over uh, 
I'm going to let you talk to her. Brooke knows what she wants. Uh, here, here you go. <laughs> hey, as long as you got a guy, that's all that matters. It, see, that, that's what makes it good. You got to know a guy to get it done. Well, yeah, it's... <laughs> but like I said, a, a great area you guys have expanded in, and and you know you take a look at the horse community around the Bismarck Mandan area, um, some of the growth with the rodeo grounds over in Mandan, uh, some of the work that's going on at the Missouri Valley Complex with a potential horse park facility as part of that uh, site as well. Um, the horse community really growing in the Bismarck Mandan area and running, stepping up to meet those needs. Yeah, you know, and even even English riding, if if you look at the Bismarck Horse Club and they just did that big event down on it at the, the horse park here south of Expressway over by the golf course. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. But uh That thing's busy all all summer did, long. It it's busy all summer long. Yeah, and they just did an English riding, um, and they did a English dressage and a western dressage. And in fact, it was so big this year for a turnout compared to previous years. They're they're looking at expanding this into a multi-day event to handle the increase in competitors coming to these events. So it's cool to see, you know, English riding coming back in and how how well trained not only you know the horses are, but the riders and, and the young age that you're seeing kids on these horses. I mean, it's incredible. And then. It goes far beyond just competing. I mean, they, you watch them take care of these horses. It is, it is unbelievable what these kids can do. I'm waiting for the steeplechasing and the fox hunt. And then uh, spectator sports, I'll be there. <laughs> you know what? Eventually, yeah. Eventually, cool. uh, we might get there. You know, not to leave out the other pets as well. Of course, uh, you guys got a great... Uh, um, line for cats and dogs and uh, a lot of real good dog stuff, uh, especially with the wild, wildology, uh, that food line, uh, whether you're looking for crates, uh, treats, toys, you got a little something for everybody in this flyer as well. Yeah. You know, wildology has been just a, a fantastic brand for us. That is a mid States brand. So it's only available at mid state stores. So if you're listening and, other markets right now and you can't get to a running uh wildology you can probably find in your in your farm store local to you so mid-states members we don't build in each other's territories it's a mid-states gentleman's agreement where if there's a mid-states member there we will not build there because that is your area it's a really cool long-standing commitment that the owners have who are part of that and mid-states lets us buy more products and Wildology is part of that. So we can get a great product at a great price. And so it's a really cool, it's a really cool brand. A lot of people who switch start to see differences in their pets. It's there's you know, you're looking at from a wildology perspective, it's good ingredients, you know, it's probiotics and something and, and it's specific. You, there's a hiking, leaping, there's activity levels in wildology. So you look at what your pet needs from a nutrition standpoint, and Wildology tries to give you what you need based on the level of activity uh, for your pet. Runnings, gentlemen's agreement. It's all about relationships. Uh, you know, you also have. Uh, uh, tell you what, let's talk about this after the break because we're going to tease a little bit 
Milwaukee. They're having yet another event. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, this is Talk of the Town. We're talking with Brad over at Runnings, the general manager at 701 South Washington on Super Talk 1270. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 1270. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Superdoc 1270, you're tuned to Talk of the Town. I'm Steve Boggan, along with Brad from Runnings, the general manager at 701 South Washington in Bismarck. And, uh, you know, we were talking about some of the pet stuff and uh, some of the horses. But, um, you know, one of the events, because there was a couple of events I want to talk about that took place this last weekend. Um, but one of the, uh, well, they have events all the time. Furry Friends Rock and Rescue. Um, a little bird told me that you guys just donated a ton of food to furry friends because you only hold on to things so long on on the shelves and then you got to do something with it and you do a great job of helping out a lot of local charities furry friends one of them you just donated a whole bunch of cat food uh to furry friends yeah you know we're not sure what really happened um we i, I don't know if we had a mischief or or what the deal was but we ended up with like 400 plus bags of this small um, it was a, like a wet cat food pouch for sensitive stomach. And so we're not sure where it happened, but it was all in our inventory. Looking at our sales history, we knew no matter what we did, there is no way we were going to sell through this product. So to just get ahead of it, we gave, uh, we gave Julie a call over there at Furry Friends and we're like, hey, do you have someone who can come over and pick this up? We'd like to make a donation. And she was just absolutely and it, they have so many volunteers at Furry Friends who at any given moment are willing to go help them with what they need. And within two hours, she had volunteers willing to come over and pick this stuff up. It, it takes it takes a lot of people to do what they do. And she's got a good group behind her to support their efforts. And I know you guys do a, a lot of work with some of their events uh, at Runnings as well. Um other events. Uh, you just had a couple events you guys pitch in on uh, over this last weekend. Yeah, you know, over the weekend we had two cool, like, you know, when we talk about expanding outside of Bismarck, uh, and we talk about this every week, right? I, I want people from surrounding, we had another rodeo reach out to us again. Uh, hey, this is what we're doing. I'm like, awesome. We have customers from down there. You know, our customers come from different counties. We want to make sure we support those different counties. So, you know, Kidder County had this big ice fishing derby that they've been working on. I think this was the sixth year that they were doing this annual uh, ice fishing derby. And that was just over the weekend. That was on Saturday and it was right out by Tappan. And we were able to do some good sponsorship uh, activities for those guys to support it. Just a really cool, uh, you don't think about ice fishing when you think about what's going on right now, but there are still a couple spots uh, just be very careful and, and know where you're going uh, if, you, if you're going to do any ice fishing right now. But uh, driving back from Carrington on was it Friday, 
we saw some people out on the ice doing a little bit of ice fishing up in that area. And then we also had the Sakakawea chapter of Ducks Unlimited up in Washburn. Uh, they had their event over the weekend as well, so we were able to do some some stuff with those guys. But always willing to, to help out in, in these categories, especially some of these organizations do a good job in uh, environmental support and creating habitat for what North Dakota is known for and keeping the animals here and giving them a place to live and thrive. So those are the organizations we want to, you know, you talked to Kev last week. Kev's putting together a, a Bible, as he called it, of organizations that we've helped supported. And the last time we touched base, it was 49 that he had written in this book. Wow. But a, a Bible that is growing, and you guys want that to grow. If somebody's got an event uh, or an organization that uh, uh, especially works with kids, animals, uh, how do they? How does Runnings help out? Well, reach out to Runnings. It's pretty simple, and there's a threshold. So if if it's a bigger event and a, and a bigger ask, uh, that takes a little bit longer because you have to run that through corporate. But if it's a smaller ask, you can just go right to Brad. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? You know, you can come into the store and work. I, I work Monday through Wednesday, um, and then I work every Friday night and then every other weekend. So you can come in and talk to me. You can call in. I'll give you my email address. Uh, you know, if you have to drive in from out of the town, I strongly recommend calling first. Uh, I do uh, a lot of help with other stores, so I'm not always in the building. But uh, my assistant manager, Jessica, is phenomenal. She's more than capable and happy to take care of people. In fact, when it comes to some of these organizations, especially when it comes to 4-H, FFA, and county fairs, she's like, do this one, do that one. Brad, here's another one. We got you this one. So she's she's passionate about it, and you know, that's how, that's how she grew up. Okay, there's one place that you have to ha- work on Jessica a little bit, though, because she's horrible. She will not go on the radio. <laughs> No, don't you will not. <laughs> we got to work on that she's part like, of it. Other, other than that, you're right. She's awesome. Uh, we got just a couple minutes left here, and I, I want to talk about, because I teased this, uh, Milwaukee coming up this Friday. You got another Milwaukee sale mm-hmm. coming up, a little special something-something. Uh, Flyer comes out this Friday. Can you divulge anything for the listeners? Yeah, so so here's the deal. So Friday, every you know, we just got out a Milwaukee event. And they're like, oh, but I'm a Milwaukee person. So, you know, we got out of the DeWalt for those guys. And on Friday kicks off the Milwaukee ad. And our buyers partnered with Milwaukee, and they did a pretty awesome job um, doing this ad. It's, it's eight pages. So this, it's like the DeWalt sale. It expanded, and this is a bigger ad. They're free tumblers. They're free packout pieces. They're doing free. They have one buy a battery. Pick what one of these free bear tools you want. There's $100 off kits. There's money savings on blowers and trim uh, hedgers, trimmers, and chainsaws. And, you know, they're just, they're doing a really good job. Milwaukee's growing. If you shopped us three years ago to now, the Milwaukee section has grown by three times the floor space. Milwaukee's growing and so, Reddings is growing with them. So a great partnership. Yeah. So just, you know, we, we can also be, if you buy it from us, we're, we can be your repair center for that Milwaukee tool so you don't have to deal with the warranty work. And Milwaukee has told us it is a two-week turnaround. So when we ship it out, 
they will have it back out the door and on a truck within 10 days, and that's a guarantee. And it doesn't matter what level it is because there's a lot of different levels on equipment. Uh, do you need something for your house? Do you need something for your yard? Do you need something commercial? They've got all different levels for your needs. And great company, great product line, uh, great uh, part of the runnings repertoire. Uh, Brad, always a pleasure, my friend. And uh, looking forward to that uh, flyer coming out on Friday. And uh, I'm going to go finish... Uh, Rest of this lemonade wallaby licorice. Cause, I was going to say, you have to come in, come oh, in and get some more flavors. Two ninety nine for the big bag of it. I, I That's an unbelievable price. I'll be there. And, well, i got to pick up my weekly jerky, too. So we'll, we'll see you a there little bit go. later today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad, awesome. over, Thank you. Brad over at Runnings, make sure you stop in. Running 701 South Washington in Bismarck. You can stop by any Runnings, but uh, we've got the cool one in Bismarck. Just just saying. Uh, this is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Cha-ching. I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. It was a long shot, but that big bet paid off. And now the tax man is betting on you reporting your winnings. You may get lucky at the casino or at the horse track, but proceeds from winning are all taxable income and they're treated like a paycheck or an investment gain. Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief at Investopedia. You will get a W-2G form if your winnings exceed a certain threshold. Those thresholds, $1,200 or more on bingo or slots, five grand or more on poker, and just 600 bucks or more on those sports betting apps, provided you collected more than 300 times your wager. You got lucky just once? Don't worry. Silver says if you lost more than you won, you may be off the hook. You can write off some of your gambling losses if you itemize your losses, but the deduction can't exceed the amount of your winnings. And what about that office Super Bowl pool that you won? Just be quiet about your winnings. Those are typically not reported to the IRS. With today's tax tip, I'm Daria Albinger, ABC News. Welcome to the School for Startups Minute with Jim Beach. This week we are talking about the Mandela effect. It happens when millions and millions of people believe something that just never happened. Yesterday I talked about in the Star Wars movie Return of the Empire, Darth Vader never said, Luke, I am your father. Go watch the movie again. I did. He doesn't say it. And I was shocked that I was so wrong. Today I'm going to give you an example from the HBO series Sex and the City. I'll share that with you in just a second. This is Dr. Michael Garko for Strauss Naturals. It is not until they have urinary flow or urinary tract problems that men really pay attention to their prostate. Rather than wait for problems to occur, I recommend Strauss Naturals Prostate Support Drops. The Prostate Support Drops is a blend of naturally sourced herbs to support a healthy prostate, urinary system, and urinary flow. All Strauss Natural products are backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. Visit StraussNaturals.com to learn more and order the Prostate Support Drops today. The real name of the show was Sex and the City. However, there was an official perfume released for the series named Sex in the City. And there's lots of videos online of the stars of the show calling it Sex in the City also. It's pretty bad when the stars and the owners of the show don't even know what the name is. So don't blame yourself if you had the name wrong. You're in good company. Talk of the Town, weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app.
KXXX Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.